Okay, I'd like to take you on a journey, and that's going to be the journey of my life. Now, I'm going to start in July 2000. I'd just graduated as a speech and language therapist, and I'd moved away to Staffordshire, and I was starting my first job. I'd just become a Christian, and I was busy leading the Alpha course. I was getting promoted at work, and I'd managed to buy my first home. Life was going well. Then all this changed in July 2002. I contracted a very rare virus called transverse myelitis. Only one in a million people are diagnosed with this, and it causes inflammation in the base of the spinal cord, which caused permanent damage to my nerves. So very quickly, I found myself in a position where actually I was unable to walk. I suffered extreme fatigue, and I was introduced to the world of disability and chronic pain in my early 20s, which is not an easy place to be, and it's very lonely, believe me. So I lived on my own at this time, and I became housebound. The DVLA had taken my driving license off me, and I was a prisoner in my own home. And rapidly, within weeks, I had lost all of my independence. Several months later, I received another damning diagnosis. My vision was deteriorating rapidly, and I was diagnosed with keratoconus, which I found out was degenerative, and it had spread to both eyes. At this point, my life felt like I was in a dark tunnel, and it was closing in on me. It was one thing not being able to walk, but not being able to see, a future thinking I'm going to be blind. But at this time, this tunnel I was walking in, I could see that light in the distance, and it never faded. And that was the hope that one day I would be healed in Jesus' name. So I refused to allow this disease to rob me of my life. I didn't let disability become my identity. I said I was in my 20s. I knew I had so much more to give the world. So I fought hard, and I managed to return back to work as a speech and language therapist 18 months later, working from a wheelchair. But I wanted more. I wanted so much more in life. I wanted more independence. So I wrote to charities to see if they could help me. And amazing, an answer to prayer, I was presented with an electric wheelchair. This would allow me to become independent again. Everything was coming together for me. Even someone at church offered to buy me a hoist for the boot of my car. I had hand controls, so I was able to get out there and be independent. The local media heard about my story and were very interested, so they came to interview me. This is the article that was published in the newspaper on January the 13th, 2005. Now, on this day, I didn't hide that I was a Christian. And I didn't hide the fact that I thought that one day I was going to be healed. Three days later, on the 16th of January, everything changed. My world was rocked even further, and I was rushed into hospital with meningitis, which coupled with a flare of transverse myelitis paralyzed me from my neck down. 
within hours, I had become completely helpless. It was bad enough before not being able to walk, but now I couldn't even move my arms. I couldn't move. I was in complete, constant agony with spasms running throughout my body. I no longer could feed myself. I couldn't reposition myself in bed. I couldn't complete any of my personal care, things we take for granted, like toileting. I couldn't do any of that. And I couldn't even wipe my own tears. Within hours, I had become completely dependent on others for all of my needs. Now, this is where it became bleak. Before I told you, I could see that light at the end of the tunnel. That light had gone out. I was now in darkness. There was no hope. Up to this point, I knew that God had a plan for me. I trusted Him. But my faith started a downward spiral. I can remember lying in my hospital bed, paralyzed, unable to move, these dark thoughts going through my head. Do you know what? You'd be better off dead. I was so helpless, but I couldn't even end my own life because I couldn't move. I felt like I had nothing left. And then I realized that the only thing that I was capable of in life was love. I could love my parents, I could love my family, I could love my friends. And that gave me a reason, a reason to live because I could love people. But although I had that change of heart, I didn't have a change in faith. As far as I was concerned, if this is my life and this was going to be God's plan for me, I didn't want to know God. Him and I were finished. And I walked away. I didn't walk because I couldn't move, but <sighs> I banned Bibles from my room. I refused prayer from anyone, and I shut out everything that was from God. Now, people didn't stop praying for me behind my back, and I really didn't stop believing, but I had chosen to turn my back on God. Now, God never abandoned me, and I had a few encounters along the way where I can see that God was with me all along. A porter in the hospital one day, when pushing me down to physio, he stopped and out of the blue, he turned to face me and he said, you're a Christian, aren't you? And I said, no, no more. And he said, yes, you are. He says, I know that you're a Christian because I can see Jesus in your eyes. So even though I was trying to shut him out, he was still there, but I was too angry. I didn't run back into the arms of the loving father. I was stubborn. Another day, a lady who um, was visiting asked if I wanted to join them for communion, and I declined. And she could see that I was struggling with this, so she came over to talk to me, and we struck up a lovely friendship. And she brought me in some Christian books, and I reluctantly read them, partly out of boredom, partly because... <sighs> I was so angry, I didn't want to be reading them. But it turned out that that lovely lady was 
one of the best friends of Jackie Pullinger, who some of you will know is a very famous Hong Kong missionary. And that evening, she had phoned Jackie and told her my story. And Jackie was praying for me. And things like this were happening all over the place. And it was clear, although I wasn't praying for myself, because I couldn't, it was too painful, other people in the UK and the world were all interceding for me. Then in the October of 2005, I was finally sat down by my consultant and my physios. And I was told, you have made no progress since you've been in this hospital since January. We're going to discharge you. Now, at this point, I couldn't even sit up unaided, let alone dream about being able to stand or walk or anything else that we take for granted. But the problem was they'd been to assess my home in Staffordshire and they'd been to assess my parents' house in Worcester and neither were deemed to be safe for me to return. I was just too disabled. So I was told, this was when I was probably about 26, that I required 24-7 care around the clock, and the only place that could do that for me would be a nursing home. So they started to put plans in place for that. But thankfully, my parents, they're so loving, they were willing to sacrifice the whole quality of their life for me. And they refused to allow me to go into that nursing home. So my future was planned out. I was going to spend my days lying in a hospital bed in their lounge. There was going to be a hoist next to my bed, a wheelchair that I couldn't even sit in and I had to be strapped in because I had no sitting balance. There was going to be a commode in the kitchen and a steel bath in the garage. Where was God? We read in Jeremiah that there's plans to prosper, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Well, this doesn't seem much of a life. But... God is always faithful. And before this became a reality, God intervened. And I was transferred to another hospital, out of county, which specialised in rehab for young adults. It was hard work. I was doing eight hours of physio a day. But I left there two months later, which was one year after being admitted into hospital, being able to mobilise short distances with walking sticks, which was a miracle in itself. After discharge, life improved. I returned back to the church. I joined Hope Church, and I rediscovered my faith. Everything that had been stripped away from me, my house, my career, my car, my friends, it was all given back to me. But more, I was blessed beyond measure, and I was blessed with an amazing husband who is my rock, and I love him so much. And he met me when I was disabled. And he accepted that. And he loved me. And that's us on our wedding day with beautifully decorated sticks. I also couldn't have any children of my own. So God has given me a wonderful family with beautiful grandchildren who I love dearly. But the only thing I wasn't given back was my health had not been healed. I strived for healing. I was confident that one day I would be healed. But for me, this was just too painful. 
it was like that carrot dangling in front of you. You could just never reach. It just never happened for me. And actually, the reality was, it was likely I wasn't ever going to be healed whilst I was living on this earth. So I actively withdrew from all prayer for healing to protect myself from the pain. Then two verses in the Bible really spoke to me. We all know John 3:16, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And in Revelation 21:4, wiping away every tear, no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain. What a promise that is. And I realized at this point, do you know what? I have been given the greatest gift. And if I'm not given anything else in this life, God has done enough. He's done enough for me. He has paid that price so we can be forgiven and have new life in him. And from that day, I learned to become content. And I was at peace with my disability. And I stopped believing that one day I could be healed. And I learned to make the most of my life. And I got out there. And I always had a smile on my face because I was content. Roll forward to August. I was attending one event in Lincoln, an annual Christian festival. Simon and I have been attending it for many, many years. On the Monday evening, it was too hot to sit inside the big top, so we were sat outside listening to the service. And at the end, Simon had gone in for prayer, and I was sat on my own in a wheelchair. A man walked past, and he came back to speak to me, and he said, I can see you're sat in a wheelchair. What's wrong? So I told him that I'd got spinal cord damage. He asked me, do you believe in healing? I said, yes, I do. And then he asked me a difficult question. And he said, do you think Jesus is going to heal you? And at that point, I said, no, probably not. Three words, no, probably not. What little faith I'd got. But he told me that he was going to pray for me. But after he prayed, I had to do something for him and I had to get out of my wheelchair. So he prayed and I was obedient and I got out of my wheelchair. And I knew before I got out of that chair, I was not healed. My muscles were heavy. I was in pain. But I got out of that chair to prove that actually I hadn't been healed. I thanked him and he walked away. And I thought that was the end of it. And then he came back to me and he said, healing is a process, Claire. In the morning, when you wake up, leave your stick behind, stand tall, and you will be healed in Jesus' name. So I went back to the B&B that we were staying in. I woke up in the middle of the night to go to the toilet. I still couldn't walk. I woke up in the morning. I still couldn't walk. I was not healed. And then that morning, as I was washing in the bathroom, I remembered what the man had said. Leave your stick behind, stand tall, and you will be healed in Jesus' name. So I thought, well, I've got nothing to lose. Let's go for it. So I did. I left my stick behind, and I started to do a few steps. Initially, it wasn't great. There wasn't the strength in my legs or my ankles. But after about five steps, I thought, I am healed. I can walk. But that wasn't enough. There was a suitcase on the floor. And I thought, Lord, if I am healed, I can jump that suitcase. (laughs) 
So that's what I did. I ran and I jumped and I landed on my feet. And it was like, I'm healed. Now, minutes after that, I was running up and down stairs without sticks. I was like a dog that had been let off a leash. I testified in front of thousands that I was healed. I ran around a big top, high-fiving people. <laughs> I was full of so much joy. Since then, the doctors actually assessed me. There is nothing wrong with me. My neurological assessment is clear and everything that's been showing up as abnormal for the last 17 years has gone. At the beginning of September, I was given good news. I am no longer disabled. I have not used sticks or wheelchairs since. I've gone from strength to strength and in November, I managed to walk 100 miles in one month which for me would have just been impossible. Now, there's amazing things. My most exciting thing that I can do now is I can walk hand in hand with my husband, which is something I've never been able to do since I've been married. There's been opposition. It's not an easy road. And many people refuse to believe that I have been healed. And I'm having to really learn to deal with that and ignore that negativity that comes at me most days. And God's reminded me about the parable of the sower, and I am that sower. I have become a bit like a power seed drill. But it's not my responsibility what happens after I sow that seed. I just need to give glory to God, which I'm doing, and he will do the rest. Now, I didn't deserve to be healed. Those words, no, probably not. I don't have faith. But this is just a testimony of the goodness and grace of God. So let faith rise in you today, and at the end of the day, no matter what you're going through, however bleak life may look, because believe me, my life was bleak, we have the victory in Jesus Christ, and I'm standing here today with no walking aids or wheelchair, and I could not do any of this if it wasn't for Jesus, the miracle worker. Thank you, Lord, and thank you for listening.